All right, should we get to our sexy story this week? Ladies, gentlemen, you cannot unsuck that dick. (laughs) It was hot. It was really quite something. (laughs) Do you like when someone else makes me moan? Do not show up looking like you slept in your clothes. In your car. There is nothing sexier than getting railed by two dudes at the same time. I'll just say that. All right. So welcome to Front Porch Swingers. This is special. Doing a bonus episode with good friends of ours, Roderick and Jane. They are here with the Open A Journey of Love documentary. And I am so fucking excited to have you guys here because you're actually in Vegas. And rarely do I get to do... First of all, Brenda doesn't allow me to do a lot of my own. I can never be left to my own devices. Not always a safe plan. And so when I get to interview people, usually it's on the phone because, you know, it's just not convenient always for people to fly to Vegas. But you are in the studio, which makes my life so much easier. Love having you guys here. Welcome to Vegas. Welcome to the studio. Indeed. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Well, you guys are here for, you've been here for a couple of days. Yep. Uh, you have uh, survived the heat. Congratulations. Yes. You yes. made it. Try to make it as cool in the office as possible here in the studio. So yep. hopefully we'll have a, a lovely conversation about your project. We are pumped about it because, of course, you brought it to our attention. You came to Phoenix, you interviewed us, and yep. you came to Houston, I think, with us as yep. well, a couple yep. of different places. And we're excited about it. I think for me, I'm excited about the documentary because very early on, when Brenna and I started in the lifestyle, when I started the podcast for the most part, we were contacted by... We TV. We did this docu series with We TV, the open love thing with them, right? They followed us around Denver for five days. It was a goat fuck, drove us crazy. Brenda is not that kind of person, you know. She was not prepared for to have cameras in her face for that that length of time. And one of the things that we were talking to them about the entire time was we don't want this to be some salacious pile of shit where you're going to try to, you know, extract some weird information from us or try to make us look like oddities or any of that kind of stuff, which, you know, folks a lot of times are good at. And so we had a lot of say as to what got in and, and didn't, but it still didn't come off great. In fact, mm. till this day, Brenna has never watched it. Mm. She's never seen it. She yeah. does not want to sit through it. Right. And so when we got to meet you guys, it was very obvious that this was legit. Like this, this is important to yeah. you yeah. for so many reasons. And I, I'm just excited to talk to you about it. So tell me what got you started down this road. Yeah. Well, first of all, I like to emphasize that I think we are in a rather unique position with this project because... We are not outsiders trying to come in and, and find out about this thing. We are people who, ex- who are exploring things ourselves. So we're, we're kind of in the middle of this and we're, we're, we're meeting people and having all these lovely interactions. But at the same time, we're brand new. We're brand new to all this. And so that means I have lots of wide-eyed wonder. And I, I get to ask lots of uh, beginner questions and, and the sort of things that people who aren't super familiar with, it, you know, so the, the lifestyle from what I'm observing is really going through a lot of dramatic change in the last 10 years or so. And all these people that say have been involved in the lifestyle for 20, 25 years, they're really out of touch with the way things a lot of them are really out of touch with the way things are evolving gosh just i know this is a tangent already but just for instance there was a discussion online about the lack of play spaces for by men as an example Preaching and, to the choir and gay men exactly and so naughty jim 
Scott Naprol, yeah. put out a, a thing saying, hey, so what are people's feelings on this? I commented on that, by the way. You did. Yeah. So there was a guy that chimed in and said, it's all about ROI. And if... And, and no more than 10% of people would ever want to see anything like that. So it's just a money-losing opportunity. That's an interesting t- statistic. I'd like to know where he got that number. Yeah, and he got it from nowhere, obviously. Yeah, pulled it out of his ass. And so a whole bunch of us, of course, piled on it. And, and uh, I don't know if you recall. I, I'm hoping you'll be able to share, in fact, with your community. We put out a poll, an anonymous poll, that's just questions about your experience with the lifestyle. And in that poll, for instance, I can tell you well over 40% of the males, male respondents list themselves as something other than straight. Yes. It could be bi-curious, bi-comfortable, bisexual, homosexual, pansexual. But, you know, uh, 60% said straight. 40%, 40-something percent uh, said something other than straight. I, I think, in general, most of us would agree that we're in somewhere around the 50% range of, of men who are comfortable with something like that. No question. Doing it, watching it, whatever it is. No question. And here this guy, in fact, he specifically said only 10% of it and the rest of us think it's gross. Yeah, which tells me he is absolutely 100% not as straight as he thinks he is. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I think Brenna is much better at this and I will probably completely destroy this statistic, but I believe it was the Kinsey Institute They're doing a study or have been working on a study, and their findings thus far indicate that somewhere north of 60% of us are not straight. Sure. When asked, obviously, in confidence, those kinds of things. Yep. I don't buy it for a 10%. I don't know where that number comes from. No way. That's why I was calling bullshit. I saw it. Absolutely. I don't typically respond to stuff that's, you know, on fucking Twitter or anything, but the, the, the not straight male conversation strikes a chord with me because I'm not straight. Right. And so... When someone says, well, guys shouldn't be able to play or, you know, I don't want to see that at an event. Uh, my answer, I don't know if you saw my answer. I, I think don't the think question so. was, what do they think? What do you think about, you know, not straight men essentially playing openly at an event? As, at an and event. Should events allow that? Yep. And I said, we are very enthusiastically open to that. And fuck you pretty much if you don't like it. Yeah. You know, so yep. go to another event. Go somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, absolutely no problem. Yeah, it's interesting that you say, you conceptually think that the folks who are, and I refer to them as the purists in this yeah. space, yeah. the 20, 25-year veterans, they don't see the the curve. They don't see it at all. Nope. I don't think they see it because they don't want to see it. Uh, well, and because they're in their little community, their little bubble, and they haven't gone out of that. No. And, and just the fact that, you know, we always talk about the fact that, like, our generation are the ones who, who've had to completely rewire our brain 100%. to deal with this. Whereas like our kids are like, what's the big deal? What I have this conversation about? with Brenna all the time. You know, she's 33. Obviously right. I'm 53. Mm-hmm. When, when she runs into guys, especially in the lifestyle who are my age and she, she runs up against some of these guys who have, in her opinion, obviously archaic concepts of what sexuality and what yep. the space should look like. I try to explain to her, listen, I'm not telling you this guy is fucking right. What I'm telling you is that's all he knows Mm -hmm. because from the time he was a kid, that's what he's been told. There's a very small percentage of us who were capable of evolving through that. And I know that personally from the people that I know that are my age, whether they are friends or relatives or whatever. The concept of my not being straight to some folks 
while they don't judge me or they don't give me any, you know, it's no, we don't have a, an issue, obviously. Right. I know that they look at me like, I have n- I just didn't see that coming. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, how the fuck would you? How, why would you? Yeah. I don't walk around yeah, saying. No sign on my forehead. Yeah. You, how, how would you, what do you mean you don't see that coming? Yeah. You know, what are you talking about? But the guys that put up the most resistance, I'm convinced are the most interesting. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. you're, I don't think you are as straight as you think you are. Yeah. 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 I love that kind of shit. Yep. So, obviously, that's something you guys have noticed. I'm glad you have, because I think sometimes I'm the only person that yeah. But there is that purest sense of the lifestyle. And in fact, Brenna and I really, we don't consider ourselves swingers at this point. We're right. far more, we're just ethically non-monogamous. We are basically in an open relationship right. at this point. Uh, safety, security, and respect for each other and their or, and their, the partners that we're involved with. Those are the things that are important to us. The idea of, you know, that same room, heteronormative couple, you know, yeah. couple for couple, same bed, same room, lights on kind of concept. I just don't feel like that's, going and it's not that's not getting any traction Mm -hmm. i don't see it you Mm -hmm. know and i think this space is really evolving which is why what i enjoyed about open so much is that you interviewed so many different people yeah that was really the key for me yeah so how did you determine well how did you determine how you were going to attack this thing so so the whole thing is our relationship a, a key thing that i always talk about is that we literally met as a hookup we didn't meet to get into a relationship we met same yeah we met for sex and then fell in love exactly and because of that, sex has always been a, a cornerstone of our relationship. I mean, that's the whole thing. We yeah. like we discovered this, n- not just that, oh, we had sex, but we discovered a compatibility that neither of us had ever experienced. And, you know, just so much about how we communicate about sex and what we enjoy and how we like pleasing each other and all that kind of stuff that neither of us had really ever experienced with anybody else. So sex has always been a key thing. And, and early on there was the pillow talk and, you know, and uh, gosh, we didn't even know all the phrases, you know, hot wifing or any of that kind of stuff, but neither of us were ready for anything. Well, and we weren't even super, you know, it was just words. And then we'd be like, huh, maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and so we kind of went through that. Well, then, I do a lot of traveling for work, a lot of road trips, and uh, she'd been listening to podcasts for years. I didn't even know what a podcast was. And and so she's like, you should listen to some podcasts. And so I started, and I fa- somehow I found – I'm not even sure if – I'd heard the word lifestyle, but I, somehow I found these lifestyle podcasts. And one of them in particular, I ended up on this long road trip where I ended up listening to all seven years of their relationship – in seven days. Right. So I got this compressed overview where it it was so clear to me how it affected their communication, her self-esteem, especially both of them, but especially hers, their intimacy, their authenticity. I just, I saw how it was positively impacting their relationship. And I just, I had this clear vision of our relationship and how this is what I've been looking for my entire life is this level of openness. The sex sounded fun. I love sex. The sex sounded amazing. But I was like, that relationship stuff, that just blew me away. And I just had to have it. So I spent, uh, I have autism, which means a few things. It means how I distill information is a specific way. I break things down and all that. But it also means I'm, I just vomit stuff out. Sure. You know, I just don't know when to shut up. And I knew, I was like, okay, how do I convey all this to Jane without overwhelming her? Right. Because I've listened to seven years of this, you know, and, and I would send her, oh, you should listen to this. Because she could listen to a podcast 
you know, and she doesn't want to listen to these every day. So it'd be two episodes a week or something. Right. And I'm, and part of the, my experience was the fact that I was literally saturated in it. So I was like by immersion, I was almost experiencing the lifestyle. Sure. And I was like, how do I convey all this stuff to her? So I literally spent a few weeks. I kept telling her, we, we got a talk coming. We got a talk coming. Brace yourself. Right. And then she'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and so then I, I was like distilling. I probably still have the notes in my iPad. I was just writing down everything I was observing about how the lifestyle impacts you, but also how you have to be prepared going into it. Right. The things you have to be thinking about and so on. And <clears throat> so I went to her and I said, listen, and I, we, we did this. We lived near our city park and we walked laps around the park. And we did five laps that day around the park with just me just spilling all of this stuff about how it impacts your relationship and, and individuals and all that sort of thing. And and just ended it. And, and she was she was hesitant because, you know, we both have insecurities and, sure. and the usual stuff. And and I just kind of ended it with, do you trust me enough to to just know there's no ulterior motive here this isn't about i'm just trying to convince you to work on personal growth so i can get a double blow job right. it was just we have this amazing opportunity for our relationship i could just see it crystal clear i could see it and she was like okay because she she knew that i was at least a forthright person right. so she said okay and i mean within days we were experiencing just it, it we were really focused on all just the observing what what am i feeling about things how, how do i express that how do we offer each other a safe space to express things that we're feeling good about things we're feeling bad about etc you know to some degree i think a really key component of this is who doesn't fantasize who doesn't dream of you know wish you could have sex with multiple people or with that woman over there or that guy over there and i was like I don't want to ever have to hide any of that again. No, I agree Do, with that. Doesn't matter if we ever do have sex with her. I don't want to ever hide that I want to, that the, I have desires. What you're explaining is almost identically to how Brenna and I got together. We met under the guise of really a, a BDSM dynamic, a right. dom sub dynamic. Right. So we were not looking for relationships. We had just come out of unfulfilling relationships. I had just moved to Montana. We had no reason not to be open and honest with each other about sex. That's how the relationship started. Mm -hmm. We fought the idea of falling in love with each other. We did not want a relationship and fought it tooth and nail. I did mm -hmm. until finally she was like, listen, we need to have a conversation about this because I haven't left your house in 12 days. Yeah. So either we're, you know, we got to figure this out, right? Like shit or get off the pot. Mm -hmm. So we had that conversation and boom, we were in. And then 10 days after we had the first conversation about being in the lifestyle, I had been in it prior. Brenna had not. Mm -hmm. she brought it up to me yeah and we were in that was it we were done yeah. and so from that point on of course like you guys there was there are no boundaries because you know there are no blocks yeah. you're, you're, there are no barriers there's no yep. obstacles you're already talking openly about sex and wanting to potentially you're attracted to other people there's nothing worse than not being able to sit at a restaurant or a bar and not tell your partner that person is hot, right? right. I mean and, and like you said even if you never act on it yeah I, I refuse to believe that People who are in, you know, monogamous relationships don't find other people attractive. Exactly. I know that's bullshit because Absolutely. I've been in those relationships. Yep. So I know that's not true. Yep. But not being able to share that with your yep. partner now, of course, seems so stifling to me. Yep. Absurd. I can't even imagine. Unimaginable. It. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, the, the, the concept open obviously makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So 
in all of this, right? So you're listening to these podcasts. I had never listened to a podcast before we even started one. Yeah. And like yourself, I immersed myself in it. And now, of course, years later, I don't listen to even my own podcast. I yeah. can't sound, can't stand the sound of my recorded voice. Yeah. So I don't listen to any. I find that I have much more clarity on what it is that I want and what I think what I want for Brenna and I not listening to all of that noise. Right. I, right. I really do. I yep. think there's just too much noise. Yep. You've really got to determine what works for you. And yep. like I said, what I thought was cool was some of the people you interviewed, they have very different outlooks than both Brenna and myself. Right. And the uniqueness of this space is that all of yes. those people coexist in yep. the same under the same ethically non-monogamous umbrella, right? right? So, you know, and then, of course, you get the people who judge for how you engage in this yes. space, which, which never makes any sense never. to me. Nope. You know, Bern and I just had this conversation about going to some events that don't make sense for us because, you know, we're a hot wife couple and we play separately and all those things. And you go to events that are couple-centric and it's a weekend of people trying to convince you that you should play as a couple. Yeah. You know, what is it going to take to change your mind? It's like, ah, oh, you're not going to. You know, yeah. this is kind of just what it is. Yeah. And then it's, you know, another day or two of, well, why did you bother coming here? And then I ask myself that question. Yeah. Well, what are we I doing do here? Yeah. yeah. So the idea of having an, the, that open concept just speaks to me. So I, yeah. I totally get it. And that, that has been a key thing for me because I've been all about this isn't about swinging. It's not about swingers. It's not about polyamory. It's not about hot wives. It's about the overall experience of ethical non-monogamy and how, in various ways, all those different iterations of ENM can have very similar effects on people's. Uh, I mean, the body positivity is one of our favorite things in this whole again ENM space. The support, the support that women offer each other in the ENM space is so much more saturating than and real and authentic than in what we often call as the vanilla space you know referred to as the vanilla space it's like there's so much support and adoration and and everybody thinks everybody's beautiful the first time before the documentary was even an issue yet we went to desire pearl and that was the first thing we just sat there going look at all these different sizes and shapes of people that don't give a fuck yes. that are just celebrating their humanness openly and everybody celebrating each other and this was we happened upon a uh, takeover that was not our crowd of people they were not our tribe as it were doesn't matter right it was amazing they were great and that's one of the, the two things that have bugged me that I've run into a little bit, but they, they are diminishing within this space is the tensions between polyamory and swinging. Like guys, we're literally next door neighbors. We're, yeah. we're almost identical here. Almost kissing cousins, if you like, will. come on, man. We, we, and, and none of us can afford to be clicking no. like this. Um, and then the other one is, as we were talking about earlier, the tension between especially the swinging community and gay or bi men. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I'm just like, guys, you're, you're right there. You're right there with this lovely openness. But it's been really nice to see that that's changing. That's, that's all really evolving a lot. So the whole thing was we were at uh, a lifestyle event last June in Palm Springs. And I was talking to another podcaster, and he found out I do film production work. I'm, I've been a cinematographer. Nowadays, I work often as a production designer on feature films, and I do video production and so on. And he found that out, and, and we started talking about stuff. 
And it, I had been thinking, how do I merge my, these two passions I've developed, this passion for, for ethical non-monogamy? And to be clear, we are still, as a couple, very slowly wading into things. Sure. We're, we're not anywhere near to, like, we're not sleeping with couples every other weekend and stuff, you know. But my passion is about all of this wonderful relationship stuff that happens. How do I merge that with my passion for film? And I come from a narrative background, so I'm always thinking about writing screenplays and stuff, and I just couldn't figure out. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, why am I not doing a documentary about this? Sure. What have I been waiting for? I mean, it literally felt like a lightning bolt. I was like, two plus two equals four, the sky is blue, and I need to be making a documentary about this. And uh, within a week, I was starting to email people, reaching out to people to see who I could interview. I reached out to podcasters. I reached out to authors. Uh, my first interview was Kate Lurie, author of Open Deeply. We've also interviewed, uh, one of my favorites was Christopher Ryan, the author of Sex at Dawn. Fantastic book about the history of humanity and, and monogamy and how we've largely been sold a bill of goods about how that's developed. For sure. But but I was really determined to, as much as possible, w the community that we ended up becoming a part of, a, a part of, is what a lot of people would call social swingers. So it's that that evolution that a lot of the old timers haven't seen as much where it's like no these people just love the friendships and then sometimes there's sex involved right so i was able to get lots of those kind of people but like i wanted to talk so we interviewed for instance doc chocolate you yeah. know uh, a, a bull uh, i've interviewed a trans woman i've interviewed two trans or, or a trans therapist and a non-binary therapist i've interviewed one polyamorous i mean you can't even say a couple. They, they're two of the people in a whole web right. of people in, in polyamory. I still feel a little short on LGBT. Like, I, I haven't been able to get, like, a gay couple or a lesbian couple. So I'm still trying to find a little more, uh, some more voices there. Next month, wait, no, it's already August. Oh, my gosh, three weeks from now, I'm interviewing Susan Wright and Tess. Oh, uh, sure. From yeah. NCSF yeah. up in Phoenix, because we live in Arizona. And um, and then I'm going to interview probably Grant and Jeannie, who yeah, you met. Love them. Um, but they don't want to be on camera, so I'm just going to record their voices. I've done a couple that way, and because I want this documentary to be fun, it's not. It's it's meant to be just fun and light and, and in, entertaining and enlightening. The few people who we're not going to be able to show on video. I don't want to do the witness protection silhouette right. thing. So Black out the faces. And yeah. Disguise the voice. Yeah. And so what I'm doing is like one woman, a therapist, actually, she's African-American and in the lifestyle or polyamory, I believe, and a therapist in the Bible belt. So she has to be careful because yeah. plenty of her clients would not you know, would yes. frown on this. And, and she, and as a side note, she brought up a very interesting point about how a lot of people don't realize as a black person, I'm already marginalized. Mm -hmm. And then you add to this, I'm in the lifestyle and that's marginalized. And that's of course, part of what prompted making this documentary was the idea of saying, I think you guys misunderstand this. Like, like I did too, like we did too. We didn't know that all this lovely stuff could happen and it could just really build people's relationships and all the stuff that 
when you're outside, you just think it's people just having key parties and orgies. And well, that's exactly what people think. Yeah, yeah, they, they absolutely do. They, that, we get that question all the time. Are key parties a, a thing? They were in the '70s. I'm not sure that that's a thing now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. yeah, we get all those kinds of questions. And you know, going back to what you'd said earlier, because it, it's something that strikes us a lot. Brent and I get these questions often. It's what types of people are there in the space when it comes Everything. to body image, age, yeah. gender, all of these things. And it's a very simple answer. The lifestyle is a microcosm. Microcosm. Of society. Yep. Everything you find does not matter. Your political bend, your religious bend, nope. your sexuality, your gender, how yep. you identify, how tall, how short, how big or small you are. It just doesn't matter. Everyone, there's a place for everyone. Yep. And that's the part that people really do miss. There's this insane yep. misconception that there's this, like it's, this 1% of people yep. that are in the space. It could not be more yep. of, uh, for, it couldn't be further from the truth. I yeah. think it's the most diverse space there is. Yeah. And that's part of the reason, right? Yep. Because there's a level of acceptance for just about everybody. Yep. You know, there really is. And it's unfortunate like that you mentioned there are some groups of folks you haven't had enough Resisting. interaction with. But, you know, and the, I think that's a lot of, it's, it's the lifestyle's fault yeah in my opinion yeah there are entirely too many subgroups within these groups that don't get in my opinion enough attention they're not focused on i don't want to say they marginalize necessarily but people don't they don't give them their due they don't think about it enough you know they're not open-minded enough and they and they just take things for granted you know yeah. um and we have this conversation a lot we, you know brenna and i and, and some of the people we do business with we want to expand the space because I, my opinion is slightly different, I think, than yours. I don't <laughs> think that we're going to see full acceptance of the lifestyle in my lifetime. Mm. I don't think we see mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Largely because of how much resistance there is. Mm -hmm. And I think the difficult people can wrap their heads around the idea of infidelity, right? right. Everyone understands cheating. Yep. What they cannot understand is, is that you consensual. are so in love with your partner and yep. she or he so in love with you that you want to share that with other people that people can't grasp yeah they can grasp fucking the neighbor right they get that yep they don't get this and i think it's going to take a lot longer than i'm going to be alive mm -hmm. for people to truly understand that yep uh i do think with the generations coming behind us like my uh brenna's younger sister she's a 21 year old yeah and when you talk to her about what she and people her age think about relationships Holy shit, man! Are they they evolved? Right, they're so evolved, so different. Yeah, it's you, you can't even imagine what talking to someone like an intelligent twenty-something-year-old yeah. about relationships and their ideas. And then I think back to when I was twenty-something. Yep. Like I would never have. That was not a conversation nope. I was having. They're with anybody. so much more sophisticated. Absolutely. They're, of course, they have so much more information available yep. to them. Certainly. Yep. But also, they are just more evolved and progressive in their in their thinking. So there's hope. There's yeah, no question. Yeah, I just yeah. don't know that I'm going to see it in my lifetime. Yeah. So in these interviews and all the things you've done and the people you've met in the traveling, has have you ever taken a moment and gone, you know what? I'm not sure if I even understand half of this. Like, like is it overwhelming to you at times? Because you've interviewed a lot of folks with a lot a of different lot perspectives. A lot of people. And it's... It's not overwhelming in that way. I have, for me, where it's been overwhelming is honestly, I am so enamored with all of this. And I love it. The, one of the things that's happened for me in this whole experience is that I've developed what I keep referring to as a love affair of humanity. I've just really developed this adoration and appreciation for my fellow people people and so much more compassion for the struggles that people have and 
and and the diversity of people. You know, I, I've definitely been like most people, kind of stuck in my this is what I understand, and if it's outside of that, it's kind of weird to me or whatever. And I'm so much more open now to that sort of thing. And what's happened for me is I've gotten overwhelmed emotionally because I'll go and do a road trip, a long road trip and interview a a dozen people over the course of several days. And the first big road trip I did for that was back in December. I went to Orlando and then down to Tampa and, and Tristan and Marina and them, and then up to Atlanta, up to Huntsville, Alabama for Naughty Jim, yep. and then to Houston for the Melfies. And she got to, to fly out and join me for the Melfies and interviewing them. And by the time I was interviewing, uh, my last interview in Atlanta, actually, was Catherine from Expansive Connections, like relationship coaching. And I was in the middle of the interview with her, and my brain just shut down. And I was just, and I was looking at her just with a blank stare on my face. And I was thinking, oh, I'm so glad she has so much stuff to say. I don't even know what I'm talking about now. And, you know, and meanwhile, that whole road trip, Jane couldn't go with me because she had to work. And every night, you know, she'd listen to me just gushing about people for downloading all the information. Yeah. And I would just, I would get teary eyed at every interview, just, just from just loving hearing people, seeing the, the, so, for instance, we being a couple and a, and a fairly straight couple and all that kind of stuff, you know, these are the people I relate to the most. And watching these couples, you you just see how in love these couples are. And that just, you know, I would just be sitting there melting talking to these people. So I, I it's one of the things I keep telling people. This has been an incredibly exhausting and very expensive because of all yeah. the travel. I've traveled over 30,000 miles now. Yeah, we were talking about that. Crazy. Interviewing people. Accumulated just about 100 hours of footage so far. Keep having to buy, you know, huge multi-terabyte hard drives. But it's been so soul-nourishing that if nothing ever came of this documentary, I have zero regrets. This has been such an amazing experience. But to be clear, I feel incredibly confident that... We are at a time right now where this is really poised to explode. Uh, I have no doubt you may be right as far as general uh, acceptance of the lifestyle. That's going to take a while. I'm really loving the work that Brett at openlove.org is doing. Yeah. Very cool stuff that they're doing. And of course, NCFF. We also interviewed Mandy and Ricky from the Woodhull Freedom Foundation. But... Nevertheless, you can see it. It's it's getting talked about. People are people are hearing about this. It's starting to get out there. And I feel this documentary is just it's it's right here. We've got to get this out there to to help show people that it's just not what you think it is. And, exactly. And again, this documentary, there's no sexual footage in it. There it, this isn't about the, you know, the salaciousness or the and those have their place, you know. Playboy's swing TV. I mean, it's got its place. It's fun to watch and that handles a certain angle. That's that's not what this is that's about. That's not going to that, that's not going to get it done. That's what you're not, doing is yeah, is different. That's the thing that people watch like it's porn. That's what it is. Well, yeah, exactly. And you, you know, know, and listen, much like how people play, there's a there's a there's a place for that. There's right? a place. And for I it. talk about this Absolutely. all the time. You bring up the social aspect of the lifestyle. We are very much social lifestylers. Yep. We say it all the time. With all the friends we have, we haven't slept with five percent of those people they're just our friends yep and so those relationships are incredibly important to us for me personally they're 
I know they're important to Brenna. I mean, there's just no question about it. For me, it's more important because up until the time Brenna and I got together and we got into the lifestyle, because of what I did for a living and the, and the circles that I ran in, my my friend circle was very, very small for, mm-hmm. for not just for safety reasons, but also because my professional life was very misunderstood and the only mm-hmm. people that did understand it were those that were in it. Mm-hmm. So it was very much a small circle of people. And until Brenna and I got together and we got in the lifestyle and we started to meet, meet so such amazing people, mm-hmm. I have, much like she, I've evolved certainly yep. far beyond my expectations yep. because I've become far more empathetic and understanding yep. of people, Absolutely. caring of people, where you know, prior to Brenna and I's relationship, Listen, if my I didn't care if you if I was in a relationship, literally, uh, if somebody didn't come home, it might take me seven seconds to fall asleep tonight instead of six if they never came back. I just mm-hmm. didn't give a shit, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. A, a very different kind of mindset. Yeah. And th- the lifestyle, if nothing else, has opened up for me the idea that everybody in, everybody matters. There's a, there's a space for everybody. Their stories are important. You know, their wants and their desires are important. Uh, and some things just transcend, like you said, the sexual component. Absolutely. But that's the inevitability, right? I mean, that's a lot of times what is the, a lot of times the end result. Yeah. It's certainly not the entire fucking story. Right, right. You know? It's certainly the shiny thing that gets oh, your attention. Sure. That, yes. That's, you know? That's the, you know, it's the, it's the nucleus for why we're all kind of hovering yes. around. Yes. But it's not... Then it's not a necessity necessarily, right. not in a lot of cases, yep. you know, but the, the relationships are so important to both Brenna and myself uh, with, I think, honestly, if it wasn't for the relationships, I don't know that we would be as anywhere near as active in the, in the life sure. as we are. Absolutely. You know, we just wouldn't. You know, I, I really think the sex is, it's almost less about having the sex and more about the fact that everyone is open about sexuality. Right that that's what opens up all these hearts and and so on. I've been starting to release because I've had so much footage and this is ultimately meant to be a feature length documentary. So here I am with like almost a hundred hours of footage to turn into an hour and a half. So I have all this. And and part of it is that I should mention, this is a key thing. It's called open a journey through love. And it specifically seeks to destigmatize ethical non-monogamy and examine the profound positive impacts it can have on individuals and relationships. So Every time I've gone to interview someone, I've said, this is the theme of the documentary. Just I don't send them questions. You know, I just say, this is what we're going to talk about. But my thing is, I'm like, I just love talking to people. So we're going to talk about everything. And part of the reason I did that was just because I'm enjoying these conversations. And because I really believe that there is potential for this to just prove to be a pilot for a series because there's so much to talk about. And now here I have all these other things to get into. But one of the things I get to do with this now is I've just started releasing little one-minute clips from the interviews on our YouTube channel and on Twitter. And the one that I just released was, like Naughty Jim, Scott talks about how he says, I like the flirting, the buildup, and the conversations more than the sex. For sure. Sex is easy. I say it all the time. You know, sex is easy. We can all do it. We're yep. pretty, you know, we're adults. We can figure it out. Yeah, it's everything that comes before and after. Yeah, that's important to me. The sex part is well, it's academic. And not only that, but one of the things we always talk about is we have ridiculous sex. How is anybody supposed to compete with this amazing connection this, that we've developed and and these things that we've learned about each other's bodies and stuff? Yeah. I'm sure it happens on occasion. I'm sure you sure. can have great sex, but it's like 
that, that's not really that it's about the novelty it's about oh this person desires me it's about right. the feelings that you have that knowing that you're exchanging this energy and for so many people especially in the sort of swinging community it's about that's all the foreplay that then you're taking home to your partner yeah we call it the cover charge it's a cover charge that's yeah. what it is yeah you know we're the club that's the cover charge that's what it costs and there is there really is nothing that's going to compare to my and brenna's connection necessarily yeah what the lifestyle does for us is it takes what is already this explosive connection and simply hits it with a fucking sledgehammer yeah that's really what it does yeah and i think for most people it's that way yeah and that's the exciting part about it and to your point being wanted by other people for me if I know someone's attracted to me, that's more than enough. I don't have to have sex with you. Yes. I don't it's just, it. that feels nice. Yeah. Well, it's it. like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you 53 know? years old. If you think I'm attractive, I'm good. That's yeah, all I need. Absolutely. Yeah, I get to go home and have sex with my 33-year-old partner. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's a, it, it really is an ego thing, right? It just oh, my gosh. It just makes you feel and good. And being around people who are open enough to have that conversation with you, even if nothing ever comes of it, yep. that's the biggest part of the space for us is just being able, as you said, to be around people, to be yourself, to have these conversations, to not be judged, to not yep. feel weird, uh, not to feel like you're there's something wrong with you to point out the fact that there's another attractive person in the room other than your significant other. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the kinds of things that we look forward to in being with people in the lifestyle. Yeah. You know, so I here's my thing, man. You've got a hundred hours. I don't think it's enough. Right. I mean, you could do this. Absolutely. Like you said, this should be a continued series. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Yep. As much footage as you have, and I know you have a bunch of it, it will, it'll be, it'll just entice people enough. It'll scratch the surface. Yeah. And then I think yeah. it's just going to be a tidal wave. I really am excited about getting this thing out for you. I want to see this thing be successful. Tell people where we can see it, where they can see the snippets of it. Where can we find you guys? Yeah. So the, the website is openjourneylove.com. There's a preview. We released a five-minute preview earlier in the summer uh, that gives you a sense of the tone of the documentary. There's also a newsletter that you can sign up for, which is where we're going to keep people abreast of the progress yep. of the of the project. So so I'm mostly done interviewing now, and then I have lots of post-production to do. And so, for instance, on that note, uh, right now we have a crowdfunding campaign because, as I have mentioned, this has been very expensive. I've built yeah, you're up... doing this yourself. <laughs> yeah. You're not funded by some nope. you know, yep. studio or something. This yeah. is this is all coming out of Capital One and American Express. <laughs> and uh, and so and I have, again, no regrets about it. No regrets. And I work on movies and I make some money and I pay some off and, and that's all fine. The problem is now it's going to take me three to four months, I suspect, to edit everything I have right now just to get started uh, with this feature link documentary. And that three or four months is going to be a year if I have to keep stopping and working on a movie for two months. And right. then, so I'm really hoping to raise some money to kind of just help me take care of some of my expenses and so on so I can stick in the studio and get this edited. And so the newsletter is where you'll be able to keep uh, up with the status of the project. I will never sell these emails to anybody or give them away or anything. So it's all very private. We also have a YouTube channel uh, that is Open Journey Love at Open Journey Love. Uh, and the preview is on there. We've started releasing. A, well, gosh, I did an interview with Anastasia at the Real Hot Wives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I did an interview with her. Right. That video is on our YouTube channel absolutely. now, you know, that for it's Lifestylers Magazine. Le for Steve with Lifestylers Magazine. Lifestylers Magazine. Yes. And so, I, like I said, so I'm trying to release 
at least maybe once a week, some one minute clips from the YouTube uh, on the YouTube channel. And we would love for people to subscribe to that YouTube channel because one of our goals now as I go into post-production is to build up as much audience engagement online, Twitter followers, YouTube subscribers, newsletter subscribers, so that we can demonstrate to streamers and distributors and so on that there is an eager audience waiting for Absolutely. this and so they'll be more likely to to put it out there in mass we're going to put all the links obviously in the show notes we'll make sure we get it out yep, uh, yep. absolutely everywhere we're super excited about it i could talk to you about this all friggin' day because yep. it, it's so important that you know what you get what both yourself and jane are doing is so different as i mentioned from anything that brent and i really have been involved with in the yeah. lifestyle space in terms of the the you know the production of what it is you're, the, the what the words you're trying to get out yeah. you know the the whole concept is very different that the lack of salaciousness yeah. and realism it's so important and that's what i think it's going to take we need to do more of that to get to the next level. Right. Uh, there's no question about it. And without it, I, I think we're going to be stagnant. We yep. need eyes on this thing. So anyone who's listening, you need to check these folks out. Roderick and Jane have done an amazing job. We're going to put all the information in the show notes. I am so happy you guys are here. I thank you so much for being here. Uh, you are actually the first guest in this studio on ah, recording. So there we go. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a prize or anything for you. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it was great having you guys here, and we're looking forward to seeing you again very soon. And anything we can do, obviously, uh, hit us up, and we'll we'll make it happen. Indeed. But, uh, thank you both, and thank you for what you're doing. It's so absolutely. Important. Thank Appreciate you for having it. us here. You bet. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs>